Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Alright. No normal mind can imagine. Okay, so, to bring it to a weird tangent, in a tangent, within a tangent. It's skewed into this tangent. And now... Introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Fetish of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good. It's been a while since we last talked. Yeah, it's been like one piss break. Yeah. Or one week to anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) So have you heard of geocaching? Yeah, yeah, I have. So someone at work had told me about this because I've always set like little scavenger hunts and hide stuff for the kids. And it's basically this GPS scavenger hunt that you can go on. And since Friday, we've done three of them. And it's actually pretty fun. Like, you end up in, like, the middle of the woods, and you're, like, hunting for something that can actually be there. It's, like, something tangible, you know, unlike Bigfoot, which grown-ass people go in the woods looking for. It's true. I bring up Bigfoot because how cool would that be if Bigfoot was alive? I want Bigfoot to be a thing. I watched a few Bigfoot movies trying to squeeze them into my list, but unfortunately, Sasquatch did not make my list. Poor Sasquatch. Poor Sasquatch. But I would like to bring up the movie Monstrous, which is a low-budget horror movie surrounding the tale or the myth of Bigfoot. That's a pretty cool one. And going through other Bigfoot movies, now when you read reviews, do you like the bad reviews? Because sometimes those intrigue me more than the good reviews. Like, people just, like, kissing ass. Yeah, sometimes. It depends on how they're written. So, Bigfoot's Wild Weekend <laughs> was free on Tubi. And I'm like, it it looks silly. Should I see it? And then I read one of the reviews and it said, Only a rotten degenerate could get gratification out of watching this. Okay, sold. I'm definitely watching that. And in the first scene, these two girls get into bikinis, take off their tops, get into a lake, and start drinking beer. And Bigfoot steals a cooler, chugs a beer, and hangs out. (laughs) I guess I'm a rotten degenerate, because I found that awesome. So what did he expect he was getting out of the movie called, what was it called again? Like Bigfoot's Big Weekend? (laughs) Bigfoot's Wild Weekend. I mean, I I don't know. I don't get why people watch certain (laughs) movies because all they do is complain. I actually clicked on his name and read some of his other reviews. It just seems like he watches movies to hate on everything. (sighs) But he had me interested enough to watch it, and I found it highly entertaining. So, obviously, there's something wrong with me. You're just a degenerate. A rotten degenerate. Jesus. Don't get it twisted. Okay, so, obviously, we left off, did our top five. Now we're going to do a bottom five. Or that was the bottom. This is the top. We already did the bottom five. Now we do the top five. Okay. I don't fucking know. High five me. Awesome. 
So for this episode, I have a different special beverage, still same monster can. (laughs) (laughs) So I went with a twist on a mint julep. And we'll get to why exactly a little bit later. So a mint julep is basically muddled mint and simple syrup, and you add bourbon and ice. But I scratched the simple syrup and poured some Monster in a glass, then some bourbon. I didn't do any ice because we know how much I hate ice because you were always drinking your whiskey, and I could hear the clinking through the whole fucking episode. So sans ice. The Monster Julep. I have a feeling I know where that came from. Maybe. But I'll wait. Good. So, my number five, I went with an interdimensional creature. Hmm. Or creatures. They're not aliens. They're from a different dimension. The Mist. Hmm. That was one I had gone back and forth with. So, Frank Darabont directed this. He also was behind Green Mile and the Shawshank Redemption and... First season of The Walking Dead, which you will recognize a few familiar faces from The Walking Dead. You get Laurie Holden, Jeffrey DeMunn, Juan Pareja, and the always awesome Melissa McBride. Now watch her. As the woman with kids at home. Amazing arc. Was there a lot of Dale face? I don't know what the fuck you mean by Dale face. I know who Dale is, but I don't know what you mean by Dale face. You've never seen Dale face? I don't know. Do it. It's, it's basically him like... There's like a bunch of memes about it. Like a preparing for a blowjob? <laughs> for you at home, that was the face that Jeremy made. He's like, oh, face, and staring <laughs> up. I don't know where you're going at. But anyway, the government's fucking around with some Cerna-type machine. And when they open up a hole to another dimension, they can't close it. And it unleashes a mysterious mist that envelops Bridgeton, Maine. Maine, you say? Oh, it must be a Stephen King story. It most definitely is. And it is awesome. So you get a bunch of people held up in a grocery store and they start turning on each other because obviously you stick a bunch of humans. Humans should be a creature on this list, but no, it's they're not. But they just start fighting and kind of ignore the problems outside until the problems come inside. And everyone's fucked. And the ending of this movie, oh my god. I, I did not see that coming. No. And definitely different than the the story, the short story. Both great. Great adaptation. Like, this is definitely up there as one of the best Stephen King movies, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I like this movie, too. Also, you get Thomas Jane, William Sadler, Marcia Gay Harden awesome role in this as the religious zealot yes you can there we go ah there's the dale face that doesn't look anything like what you did. <laughs> fine all right so my number five this is one i hadn't seen in a long time so i went with the relic 1997 oh so close to making my list i love that movie this was fun uh so we have Dr. John Whitney, an anthropologist for the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago, studies a tribe in South America and drinks a soup made by the tribesmen. Now, this is where I thought you were going with, like, the mint julep, because he ate the soup with, like, the leaves in it. Uh, You know, like, mint leaves or something. No, I did mint julep for the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Yeah, the reason we did the creature feature this month. Shut up. We'll get to that later. 
fine. So anyway, yeah, he he drinks soup made by the tribesmen shortly after Whitney accosts a merchant ship captain, asking him to remove the cargo he had intended to send to Chicago. And unwilling to delay the ship, the captain refuses and Whitney sneaks aboard. Not finding his cargo, he cries out. Six weeks later, the ship arrives on Lake Michigan with its crew missing. Now, Chicago PD homicide detective Vincent D'Agosta, played by Tom Sizemore, and his partner, Sergeant Hollinsworth, investigate the ship and find dozens of bodies and severed heads on the ship. Something went wrong. So we have Dr. Margot Green, played by Penelope Ann Miller. Uh, she's an evolutionary biologist. She arrives at work at the museum and discovers that a co-worker is applying for the same research, research grant that, that she's going for. Um, Margo and her mentor examine Whitney's crates after their arrival and find the crates empty except for a bed of leaves and a stone statue of the Kathoga, a mythical forest monster. So Margo notices a fungus on the leaves and sends it to be analyzed. That night, the security guard is murdered, like the ship's crew. I mean, this thing would, I mean, it just rip motherfuckers' heads off. Just pick it up, rip a head off. Yep. And this was, I liked that they didn't really show the full thing until, like, the very end. Like, like the second, like, half of the movie. Yeah, it, just great, great fun stuff. There's, like, this gala that all these fancy museum people are at and then it is, i mean this this thing is just going to town on them and they great, have to great undertones with the gala because you know it's like all right we shouldn't have this huge party at the place where people are being murdered well these people have paid a lot of money for these tickets money 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 privilege 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 let fuckers die Yes, so apparently the museum director, Dr. Ann Cuthbert, apparently her career as a kindergarten principal did not pan out. Yes, the great Linda Hunt. She is great. She's great in everything she is. Like, uh, obviously, anytime her name's brought up, I just see that scene where she's in her office in Kindergarten Cop and Arnold Schwarzenegger leaves and she's just like pretending she's beating <laughs> up an imaginary bad guy. Like, that, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, fun movie, some great effects. And granted, at this point, you know they were starting to go more digital type of effects. Right, like this is the, this is mid nineties. Yeah, like ninety seven. Yeah. yeah. So no. I, I actually the first time I watched this, I I was with this girl and she said that her aunt had wrote this movie. I still don't know if that's the truth. It's probably not. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, mine are in the other room. Hmm. Gummy worms. I like gummy worms. Gummy worms are good. It's a little sneak hint at my number one. But we're only at number four. So for this one, I went with a type of wolf man, a werewolf from 1981. No, not an American werewolf in London. The other werewolf movie from 1981. Ah. Directed by Joe Dante. The Howling. Yes. So the novel by Gary Brad Brandner. I mean, this movie is just—it's fucking awesome. You familiar with The Howling? I'm familiar with The Howling. Oh my god. So Channel Six anchor Karen White is being stalked by a serial killer, who turns out to be a lycanthrope. 
Now, is he really a werewolf, or is this some sort of mental disorder? We will have to find out. So, like, this channel that she's on, this is Dee Wallace, by the way, that plays Karen White. Like, they're fucked up. They seem to be, like, the TMZ of 1981. Like, they're showing dead people. Like, it seems like they just run up on whatever and get whatever kind of shots they want. Stacked cast, Dennis Dugan, Belinda Belaski, Kevin McCarthy, motherfucking Dick Miller plays a helpful librarian. John Carradine, again. Oh, did I mention Kevin McCarthy? Like, so... Yeah. Jeremy and I grew up in Framingham, and I don't know if you knew this factoid, but there's actual, actually a Framingham school named after him, McCarthy School. It was named named after him. I don't know. His name's McCarthy. <laughs> I'm rolling with it. Slim Pickens, Robert Picardo, Patrick McNee, Christopher Stone, uh, Mick Garris is in a cameo watching some shit later on on TV. Very nice. So these are werewolves that can change at will. They're not like held under the lore thing of, you know, cycle of the moon or, or whatnot. They're basically shapeshifters. So I don't know if that's different than an actual werewolf, but this is, this is great. Roger Corman has a little cameo. He needs to use the phone. Who doesn't? Who doesn't need to use the phone? He's, he's waiting for the, the payphone. So Dick Miller has a great line. Werewolves can die by silver bullets or fire and then there's some fire cartoon sex <laughs> great scene i mean this movie is just so much fun i, I like if you haven't seen it check it out i don't want to say too much uh, the first thing you you pull up on imdb so don't even look at that is like one of the last shots of the movie which is unfortunate because if you haven't seen it 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 kind of ruins the movie but the whole arc of Karen White from the beginning as this scared woman who ends up being traumatized in the back of a porno theater and one of like the little video booths where this guy is like jerking off to gangbang porn and like whispering at her. <laughs> her doctor suggests she goes to this secluded like village type of deal in like the middle of nowhere and her husband's like oh sounds like a great idea let's go what's the worst that could happen well apparently he hasn't seen any horror movies boy needs to be woke yeah he ain't woke he ain't woke although he did end up enjoying the retreat <laughs> let me tell you alright my number four this was kind of a safe pick but it's awesome and it's still one of my favorite movies of all time Jaws, 1975. I mean, come on. You can't not pick this. So, during a beach party at dusk on Amity Island, a young woman, Chrissy Watkins, goes skinny dipping in the ocean off the coast of Cape Cod and is violently pulled under. The next day, her partial remains are found on the shore. Uh, The medical examiner conclusion is that it was death due to a shark attack, which leads Chief Brody, played by Roy Scheider, to close the beaches down. Now our evil antagonist, Mayor Larry Vaughn, persuades him 
to reverse his decision, fearing that the town's summer economy will be ruined and points out that the town has never had trouble with sharks. Which is funny because you're off the coast of the Cape Cod. You're in the Atlantic Ocean, which is basically where great white sharks live. We've never had a problem with murder. Except for the murders. It's just like you could say anything. Like, we've never had a problem with old people falling down the stairs. And, you know, and then an old person falls down the stairs. It's like, oh, well, now that's happened. So you can't say that anymore. It's like, you know what I've never had a problem with? A helicopter crashing into my house. It's true. Yeah. Until it's not. Well, fortunately, like where I live, like the airport, the Marlboro Airport is like no more. So I don't have like low-flying like aircraft going over my house. So I have less of a probability of a helicopter crashing into my house. Oh, we got the airport near us. And uh, actually, we're at soccer this morning at 8 o'clock. Fucking 8 o'clock in the morning. It's still cold. And yeah, dude, these like little biplanes are like just like skimming over the fucking (laughs) field. It's like, Mello, check it out. He's like, eh. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, So after another young boy, Alex Kintner, is killed, now people start to you know, raise a fuss about it. They catch a bull shark, which when they bring in Dr. Hooper, it says that the bull shark is not the one that killed Alex Kintner. And now look at the bite radius. There was no human remains in the belly. So between Brody Hooper and Quint, they go off on a journey to go kill a shark in one of probably the best monologues in film history A drunken Quint gives off this whole recall of probably World War II or, like, something like that. Yeah, his ship was sunk, and a lot of people were waiting in the ocean. And waiting while waiting. Yes, waiting while waiting, and some waited longer than others. Yeah, well, luckily the sharks in real life have an appetite, and then they get full. Whereas in the movie, Jaws is just always fucking hungry. He is. He's always hungry. The family is always hungry. The Jaws family is always hungry. Yeah, so obviously the sequels just go (laughs) crazy. You get Jaws on a revenge kick. It's mother versus mother. And uh, yeah, I mean, we we go crazy. But like the first Jaws is fucking... I love all the Jawses, don't get me wrong. But the first one... By far, one of the best movies of all time. Yes. I believe the robot shark... Bruce. ...was named Bruce after Steven Spielberg's lawyer. Oh, really? Because his lawyer is a dick. <laughs> okay, so I'm doing a little bit of a switcheroo here. I'm switching my two for three. Because you went aquatic. So now I'm going to my creature aquatic. You went with 1975's Jaws. Well, I'm going with 1978's ripoff of Jaws. <laughs> Piranha. So fun. Another Joe Dante, Roger Corman produced, featuring creature feature specialist Bradford Dillman. We get another Kevin McCarthy from Framingham, Massachusetts McCarthy School. Just kidding, he's not from (laughs) Framingham, and the school's probably not named after him. Although I'd like to believe it is. We'll, we'll We'll just say it is. Yeah, so Operation Razor Teeth on Lost River Lake. I mean, we just 
went over this movie not too long ago. So you can backtrack and check out that episode. But this is one of my favorite movies of all time. And such a great creature feature. Like, this is what a creature feature is all about. Right. And Paul... Uh, God, I keep getting his last name Grogan. wrong. Huh? Grogan. No, 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 no. The... Um... The, the camp the camp counselor Paul Bartel I, I'm just, I mean he he made this movie just even better yeah I mean everyone did a great job in this movie for what it was they raised the bar they did it so much that there was a sequel called Piranha 2 the spawning directed by I don't know if you've ever heard of this director you know I don't know if he ever did anything else after this James Cameron this was his first movie. Never heard of him. No, 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 he probably didn't go on to any, any type of thing. He's probably an avatar of a director. If <laughs> but great movie. Well, love Piranha. Piranha is the shit. Best sound effect ever. Oh, Belinda Blasky was also in Piranha. Yes. A lot of doubles in this. So, my number three, I went with A Quiet Place good one yes it is a good one so apparently most of the earth's population has been annihilated by blind creatures with hypersensitive hearing that attack anything that makes any sort of noise they're basically curmudgeons yes turn it down (laughs) your ipad's too loud set it at four i'm at three well then put it to two Uh, apparently they're, they're they're covered in armor which protects them from like bullets and explosives and things like that. The Abbott family with wife Evelyn, husband Lee, deaf daughter Reagan, and sons Marcus and Bo silently scavenge for supplies in a deserted town while going barefoot out in the open. Uh, the family communicates through sign language. Now, like when I saw this movie. I always get, like, nervous around, like, movies where there aren't, like, really dialogue. Like, kind of like like when I saw Castaway. This is going to be, like, the boringest movie ever. But it actually wasn't so bad. But this, they did a really good job with this one. Four-year-old Bo is drawn to a battery-powered, like, space shuttle toy. But Lee takes it away due to the noise. Reagan returns it to him. But he accidentally activates the toy. And, obviously, we can figure out what happens there. No spoilers. No. Okay, so parents, take out the fucking batteries. That's all. That's all. I'm like, come on. And, you know, over the the next year, the daughter, Reagan, she she struggles with guilt over her brother's death. And she's basically... Really deaf in in real life. Yes. Yeah, no, she is. Great job in this movie. And basically, it's just, like, trying to make it right. She's trying to make make up for it, trying to make, like, radio contact with, like, the outside world. And, but these creatures are fucking awesome. Like the, like just, I know they're, they're CGI or whatnot, but like these were pretty like badass looking creatures. Yeah. Um, obviously practically this movie would be very difficult to make. Of course. Um, I'm not saying it couldn't have been done, but you know, maybe time restraints or whatever, but John Krasinski, obviously you know him as Jim from the office. He wrote and directed this movie. He stars in it. With his wife, Emily Blunt. I love when movies do that. Recently, an episode of The Walking Dead showed the Negan character with his wife in a backstory. 
and it was played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan and his actual wife in real life. Nice. Some people call that cheap. Be like, oh, they already have chemistry. Well, you know what? That makes it easier because they right. already have chemistry. Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, why no. is that a problem? Now, have you seen any of the trailers for Quiet Place 2? Yes, I'm very excited for yeah. Quiet Place 2. I'm glad that I finally saw Quiet Place Part 1 so I can, like, before I didn't even want to look at the trailers. Yeah. But no, yeah, this, this, this very was, excited. Yeah, no, that was a very good creature movie. We were pleasantly surprised with it. Yes, as was I. And still, that one scene, man. Oh, my God. Heartstrings. Yes. Being plucked. So, for my number, well, now it's my number two, I went with a Gillman creature. Hmm. You know, like I said, I had a hit on all the Monster Squad creatures. Except for the Mummy and Frankenstein. Because they're they're undead. Those are too, too humanoid for me. I can't have too many humanoids. On no. my list. No. Humanoids from the deep. Nineteen eighty. <laughs> There's something in the water. From the ocean depths they strike. To terrorize. To mate. To kill. Holy shit. So this is another hidden gem from the school of Roger Corman great fucking movie like right from the beginning it sets sets a great story so we're in no yo california yolo no yo it's like the opposite of yolo froyo so it's a fishing town they're preparing for their big salmon festival but up the river is canco basically company that's going to shut down the whole town because they're going to shut down the fishing industry because they're this huge conglomerate that cans their own salmon and they're working on some experimental growth hormone that they're fucking around with the salmon to try to you know expedite their business and well obviously with experiments they go wrong and you know salmon grow creatures grow let me just read you the imdb plot keywords for this movie bouncing breasts (laughs) bare breasts female nudity bare butt (laughs) <laughs> raped by monster <laughs> what the fuck now i read those plot keywords after i had already seen the movie but I mean, this is another movie where the art cover is really good and it, well it's sexy anyway <laughs> this movie's so much fun there's great kills so they really only had three like creature costumes for this movie but the way they filmed it was in such a good way that makes you believe at one certain point that there are like a ton of these fucking creatures and they really just like they come out of the water and they just fuck shit up they basically kill all the men and well try to procreate they their main goal is to procreate and spread their seed and they succeed they succeed in spreading their seed. Look at you, MC Sea Dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, seriously, it, like it sounds stupid, but it's it's a wicked fun movie. All right, my number <laughs> yeah, two. Right. All right, my number two. I went with an alien movie, Alien. Alien, okay. Nineteen seventy nine. What's that about? Funny you should ask. It's about aliens. Well, an alien. Hey, 
A N alien. Yeah. So the commercial space space tug Nostromo is returning to Earth with a seven member crew in stasis. Captain Dallas, Executive Officer Kane, Warrant Officer Ripley, Navigator Lambert, Science Officer Ash, and two engineers, Parker and Brett, detecting a transmission from a nearby moon, the ship's computer mother uh, awakens the crew per company policy requiring any potential distress signal to be investigated. They land on the moon despite Parker's protest sustaining damage from its atmosphere and rocky landscape in, in the process. So the engineers stay on board to effect repairs while Dallas, Kane, and Lambert head out to investigate. They discover the signal originates from a derelict alien ship. And, of course, they, they enter it, losing communication with their own ship. And Ripley deciphers part of the transmission, determining it to be a warning, but cannot relay the information to those on the derelict ship. Meanwhile, Kane discovers a chamber containing hundreds of large egg-like objects. When he touches one, a creature springs out, breaks through his helmet, and attaches itself to his face. Dallas and Lambert carry the unconscious Kane back to the Nostromo. As acting senior officer, Ripley refuses to let them aboard, citing quarantine regulations, but Ash overrides her decision and lets them inside. Now, we could just say that this movie would be a lot shorter if people just listened to women. Yeah, probably would have. Hey, let's, let's follow protocol. No. You know. Let's not. They try to remove the creature from Kane's face, but discovers that its blood is extremely corrosive, acid, and... You could say John Hurt got really <clears throat> hurt. So, rule number one, always order the soup, not the special. I'll have what he's having. Oh, wait, that's Spaceballs. Never mind. Which was also come John on Hurt. Baby, it was hilarious that they got him to do that again. Oh no, not again! So we're we're introduced to the Xeno, the Xenomorph. Such a cool, cool look to this thing. Sigourney Weaver, probably one of her best roles. Up there with Ghostbusters. Very true. But I mean, when somebody says like Sigourney Weaver, I mean, I feel like this is what most people just just go to. Oh yeah, obviously, yeah. Galaxy Quest would be a second for me. I mean, so many great Yafit Koto, Ian Holm, Harry Dean Stanton, Tom Skerritt. Yes. Number one. Drink. You're already drinking. Tremors. <laughs> Nineteen ninety. Starring Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Michael Gross, Reba McIntyre, and Victor Wong. So the small cut-off town of Perfection, Nevada, a small seismic event unleashes the Caterus Americana, who we will soon know as Graboids. Obviously, you already brought up Tremors, but this is one of my favorite movies. My mom, and you know, I don't even think my mom watched it with me for the first time i think i'd already seen it but anyway i was like homesick from school and she was gonna go out and rent a couple movies and tremors was one of the ones i put on the list and she brought it home we watched it together it was it was really cool but like you know you watched it when you were 11 i watched it when i was probably around the same age just awesome creature feature i mean just so much fun uh, and the back and forth between uh val and earl is just great yeah drop kick me jesus 
is a great song from this movie. <laughs> but, I mean, that just goes to show you how light it is. And, I mean, yeah, like, there's some shit that goes down. Like, a guy does get scared and climb a tower and basically dehydrates himself because he's so scared. But it's a funny movie. You get this asshole kid just talking shit. And he's, like, shoveling gummy worms in his face. <laughs> this is where I got the, the gummy worms from. And just the references to other movies. Like, Victor Wong, when he comes up with the Graboid name, and then gets killed by the, well, the Graboid. I was going to call it the Tremor, because that's what I used to call them, Tremors. But the Graboid comes up and kills him. And while, while it's, like, basically chewing him in half, it sways back and forth, just like Jaws did to Quint. Oh yeah, that's right. So it was a little, little homage to them. That was oh, that was kind of a sad scene. It was like in it, his own store. It's like it was very sad. Um, but this movie was originally going to be called Land Sharks, but that was shut down by the studio. So that was a nice little shout out that they gave. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of my favorites of all time. All right. So what is your favorite of all time? What's your number one? Number one. I went with the thing. 1982. Alien, back to back. Yeah, but this was a badass alien too. Yes. So, in Antarctica, a Norwegian helicopter pursues a sled dog. Now, mind you, I'm sorry, these people are terrible shots. Like, the whole opening scene, it could be just camera perspective, but it looked like they were awfully close to the friggin' dog, and these are supposed to be trained like marksmen, and they can't hit a dog. They're scientists. Why... Why are you saying their trains mark? Look, the, the dudes in the, heli- the helicopter, I mean, they looked like they were trained in, you know, weaponry. I honestly didn't know why some of these people had guns. Like, what is the need for weapons in Antarctica? I guess so. But, I mean, the beginning of the movie, they make you believe that there's some sort of trained, like, type people. Right. But they weren't military. These people are nerds. Norwegian nerds. Yes. So the Americans... Also nerds. Also nerds. Putting it out there. Of course, they witness everything that's going on and accidentally blow up the helicopter. Like the the passenger, Norwegian passenger accidentally blows up his own helicopter. So Oops. yeah, I guess I guess they're not exactly probably trained. I guess the pilot fires a rifle and you know shouts at the Americans. Now, if they understood Norwegian, again, would have been a much shorter movie. But they can't understand him, and he is shot dead in self-defense by the commander. So we have R.J. McReady, uh, Dr. Cooper, there's Windows, Childs. A lot of fun names. A lot of fun names. The uh, the teacher from Saved by the Bell, the only other teacher that wasn't Miss Bliss in the early episodes of Saved by the Bell. So these, like, God, I don't, did they really have a name? I don't, uh, just the thing. So they can, like, transform into whatever, like, they're the, the, I forget how, like, the blood works, but, like, it, it... The host. Yeah, they can transform into the host. So you have these, like, spider thing with, like, a dog head or whatever, like... Because you definitely come across those all the time. <laughs> uh, the practical effects in this movie are fantastic. Like, you could watch this in... If this movie was made now, you would just be like, oh, all this is CGI, but, like, yeah... Rob Bottin did an amazing job with the effects. So the only way you can kill these things is by by burning them. And yeah, and you know what? Maybe Wilford Brimley would have been better off just having diabetes. Oh, Quaker Oats. 
Yes. But yeah, no. Great movie. Star-studded. Great effects. Yes. Hell fucking yeah. Great, great movie. So, I thought it would be fun. If because we kind of base this off of the Kentucky Derby. We're like, oh, Kentucky Derby's coming up. Let's do a creature feature. Couldn't pick ten movies that had horses in them. Because all I can think of was Prom Night 2, Hello Mary Lou. Because <laughs> of the rocking horse. So we went creature feature. But I want to stick to the theme. So a new movie that everyone's buzzing about. I haven't seen it yet. Godzilla versus Kong. I have not seen it yet either. Two of the creatures that most people think of when you think creature feature. But them two fighting kind of always baffled me. Like Godzilla is this like alien reptile with like a mountain range for a spine. And he's got radioactive like atomic breath. And King Kong is just a giant monkey, giant ape. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you call him, but he's, you know, he's just just a big monkey. And originally, I mean, depending on which movie you see, because obviously both of these creatures have a thousand fucking sequels, Godzilla is said to be around 393 feet. Kong originally was 25 feet. So that fight is a little unfair. But other movies, Kong's about 104 feet. Oh, now 148 feet. For the new movie... He's 336 feet. So, you know, he's grown a bit. He had a growth spurt. Still the underdog. I thought it would be fun if we did Jeremy's number one versus my number one. We put them in a couple different types of events and see who comes up the victor. So this is the first annual Massachusetts Derby. <laughs> The first event, and we'll get it, obviously, Kentucky Derby. We have to do a race. We're going for speed. So one and a quarter miles is how long the Kentucky Derby is. Now, how fast would you say the thing can move? Uh, it depends on the host, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess so. Because, I mean, in the movie, we don't really see it moving too quickly. Like, there's a couple, like, quick, like, spurts. Like so maybe I, towards maybe towards the end where like it's all like giant melted into different thing. Yeah, yeah, not 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 really fast. Like you said, couple couple speed bursts. All right, so let's go off of this. What did it mutate into? Like obviously, there's the dog. There's that weird spider thing. Like it must. Yeah. Have, it must have had some kind of alien like that. It might have replicated at one point because that didn't look like anything it it would have encountered on Earth. No. So we'll go. We'll go with dog. How fast is a dog? Wow. Maximum speed forty four point seventy four miles per hour. That must be a greyhound. Yeah. Jesus. So let's say that the thing replicated a, a greyhound, although that that was not the type of dog in the movie. Uh, a graboid. Its main speed, yeah, like fifteen to twenty miles per hour. So I would say the thing definitely takes wow see like they it, see they look like so much faster like like on camera like especially when they're going like underground it looked like they were going like pretty friggin' fast yeah but you gotta think like i mean yeah it could outrun a human but a human would go eight miles an hour yeah, like I you know so. so the thing all right likeliness of survival 
So this is almost exactly the same. We'll take the mile and a quarter racetrack and we have to run from these creatures. Now we can obviously jump out of the track because we're not fucking morons. <laughs> like the carrot on the stick is not going to trick us to go to all the way to the end. We can use our wits. What is your likeliness of survival against the thing? Well, I guess as long as I can find a flamethrower, I'll be okay, I guess. Okay, and I was kind of thinking the same thing with the, with the Graboid. I mean, all you have to do is play The Floor is Hot Lava. <laughs> it's true. And I've been training for that my whole life. <laughs> like, there was a point where I didn't, st- you know, don't step on a crack, you'll break your mother's back, don't step on the floor because it's hot lava. I was just furniture hopping. So I feel like I'm prepared to deal with Graboids, but the thing... I mean, the thing could be anything. It could be. If we're on a set course, tra- like a track, I mean, it doesn't really have a chance to transform into anything else. So I'm seeing one form, and I feel like I could fight that. But, see, this yeah. one might have to go to the thing, too. See, oh, and, and but if, uh, if you're stuck on a track, though, I feel like the, the Graboid could get you. Yeah, and you're not always going to have the little, like, Petri dish with, like, the, the wire to test, like, the you know, everybody's blood. Ooh, so like ma- imagine like the thing turns into me and then like at the end of the race we're like, uh, we did it now we <laughs> high five and as soon as you high five me i fucking kill you because i'm the thing <laughs> i think Scary. the thing i think the thing takes this one too two and oh death match the thing versus the graboid hmm see that's a that's a that's a tough one because like the graboid thing i mean that's a that's a beastly like yeah i mean about 30 feet long six feet wide weighing in at about 10 to 20 tons with three tentacle tongues that also reach it's probably got like a 10 foot reach so we're talking like maybe 40 feet long almost yeah at times yeah i feel like i feel like the the thing the thing didn't really have like i guess a lot of reach i mean it was like a spider thing it depends on what it was. Like, at, towards the end, it was getting bigger. But, yeah. like, see, the thing with the Graboid is it's just a huge beast, and it's yeah. not going to get tricked. Well, I mean, it can well, get tricked, yeah. but it's not going to get tricked into, like, caring, like, if it's a, bo- a buddy of his, because they've even been known to commit cannibalism. They just hear a loud sound, and they just attack that. Right. So unless the thing kills it quietly... I don't think the thing stands a chance against no, the graboid. I actually don't. I don't think so either. I, I think the graboid actually just kind of like rips it apart. Okay, so that was the triple crown. So the triple crown, obviously Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and Belmont Stakes. We did speed, likeliness of survival, and the death match. The thing, the thing, graboid, and that is it. The thing wins. Woo! John Carpenter, good for you. And good for the person who wrote the original one. I feel like a dick. (laughs) So I don't know, man. I didn't have a wreath of roses to don over your head because you are the winning jockey. Just means I'll have to go to the fridge and get another beer. Hey, fun fact. You're taller than most jockeys. Sweet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dude. All right, I guess that, that that wraps up our creature feature, Massachusetts Derby. We'll definitely have to do that again because that was pretty fun. Um, 
definitely wasn't expecting the thing to take it. He was not listed on my cheat sheet of favorites. Uh, yeah. So you can listen to us on Podomatic, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Stitcher. Deezer. I have it downloaded on my iPod if you want to borrow it. Follow us on Twitter. That's at Fans of the Dead One. You can also see us at Fans of the Dead on YouTube. Check out some of our funny videos. We also have a special video coming to you straight from Camp Crystal Lake. I'm so excited. You have no idea. <sighs> yes, we are actually going to the real Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. It's a real place that exists in the world. It does. Sort of. Kind of. We're going to get as close as you really can. And we're probably going to die. There's only a few rules you have to follow. But I don't like any of them. (laughs) Rules were made to be broken. Absolutely. What if that lady still works at the diner? Flo? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's her name. It's probably. She probably doesn't. We'll definitely go to the Greasy Spoon. Well, well, we'll check it out. We're going to have to try to find an old guy to be like, You're all doomed. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Now Can give you... me my five dollars you promised me. <laughs> I need you to say these three words. That's yeah, going to be fun. All right. Fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com. You can complain. You can kiss our ass i don't know whatever you want to do drop us a line we want to hear from you we want some feedback so hit us up absolutely check us out we're on uh, instagram fans of the dead one fans of the dead.com where you can check out our episodes our youtube videos buy a t-shirt buy yeah. two t-shirts buy two t-shirts one each color Ooh, what colors do we have, Jeremy? We have white or we have a dark gray shirt. Nice. It's, it's like a slate. It's nice. Yeah, so, you know, buy our shit. You could buy us a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com. There's probably be an app for that. You can buy us beer to keep us fueled for future episodes. Follow us on everything. Hit those likes. Hit those loves. Whatever it is. I don't know. Give us some feedback. I'm like the temptations here, man. I ain't too proud to beg. Like a <laughs> shit. Come on. As always, have fun. Be safe. Peace.